Hi, good day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I and Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, why do we always just drive kids to school? And can we do anything about it? Uh, a lot of uh, space tourism action happening out there, and also a lot of Nobel Prize action happening this week. It is Nobel Prize week, and we're really going to dig down into this probably more than we needed to. Um, before any of that, uh, it turns out they are allowed to uh, get some gold in Waihee, just like the old days. And as good sense would have it, Oceania Gold got yesterday the go-ahead and why he and the region get the benefits. This, of course, exposes Sage badly because that's now a three-to-one vote against her or it's Labor v. The Greens take your pick. But fortunately for us all, and we raised this when the original decision was made, Sage and her lot are dangerous and they need containing. They simply do not have this country's best interests at heart unless our interests involve snails, walking tracks and ferns. Sage turned down jobs and despite what she might like to think, jobs actually count and are more important than just about anything. You can have a political philosophy, but it can't come at the expense of everyone else. It can't trump logic and it can't trump the basics of a country's economic foundations, but that's exactly what she tried to do. You had Julianne Genta to the mix trying to ban cars and bring down the coalition over a tunnel in Wellington. These aren't normal people, which is fine, but the line has to be drawn when their abnormalities endanger the rest of us through economic sabotage. Fortunately, wise heads prevailed. Parker and Robertson saw the danger, sidelined Sage and put things right. But the red flags are there. Labour remain associated with economic wreckers. It's a very tangible example of just why business confidence is where it is and you are measured by who you hang with. And they're hanging with fiscal nutters. Oh man, that's not as fun as it sounds, hanging with fiscal nutters. It's not, you know... It's not Wolf of Wall Street or anything like that. Um, now, uh, so that we are allowed to dig for gold, just like the old days, but uh, we don't go to school like we used to in the old days. We don't uh, walk or take a bike anymore. Have a look at what they're agitated about in Wellington. What are they voting on in Wellington? Buses, public transport, of course. Why? Because people are exercised and energised. Why? Because the public transport system has reached Guinness Book of Records levels of ineptness. My kids, those old enough to drive, all drive, and they drive to school and work every day. Why? Uh, Because they don't trust buses. They can't go from point to point, and buses don't go when they want them to. It's easier, and they're happy to pay for it, to turn the key, listen to the radio, and do it in the comfort of their own vehicle. On a side note, just this week I sold my car, which meant I had to go home from work without wheels. I momentarily thought through whether I could do that, on public transport. I wasn't going to actually do it, of course, because you know me. But I worked out I'd need to walk a fair way to a bus stop and then wait Lord knows how long for a bus that may or may not take me directly to the train and then wait Lord knows how long for that to arrive and then walk some more to my house. I don't know what it was going to cost, but most importantly, I had no idea how long it was going to take or whether any of it would actually work. But I bet you anything you want, it would have taken longer than a cab, which is what I got. And in that... And my kids' example, and the school drop-off example, is the simple truth of life these days and the lives we lead. It is all about time and convenience. Life is too short, too disparate, too distant to even consider not relying on the simplicity of the car. They might tax them, they might make life hard for them, invent lanes against them, but we still drive and still our kids use them as well. And what I've discovered as a parent, if the next generation can't see past the present, can't see past a car, then cars are here to stay. Uh, You know what I always say about these problems? Don't have kids. Uh, Now, so we might have to drive to school, uh, but do we need to holiday in space? What's the world coming to?
All the ins and the outs. It's the biz on the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB. Space tourism news for you this morning. What have we got? Boeing's Venture Arm Horizon X is investing more than $30 million in Branson's company Virgin Galactic, which I find interesting. Is $30 million a lot when you're talking about space travel? I mean, $30 million is a lot when you're buying a house, but it's not a lot when you're talking about space, I wouldn't have thought. But anyway, Virgin Galactic reckoned that uh, the Boeing expertise, the capabilities, will help it get off the ground, and they plan to go public on the New York Stock Exchange later on this year. I hope that's not another WeWork special. Uh, plus, it's maintaining its plans to fly the first customers into space next year. It's got a backlog of 603 customers, with another 3,000 showing interest. There's 603 people, a lot of customers? Not a lot of customers. I mean, if you're taking two at a time, it takes a fair while, but I mean, right, geez. I mean, that, how much are they paying for? Uh, what did they pay? Was it two or $300,000? Yeah, it was $250,000, wasn't well, it? Was it was $250,000. Mind you, that was a long time ago. It seems it seems better value for money these days, doesn't it, really? $250,000? Yeah, jeez, two, 250 grand, that's, that's nothing. Um, unless, of course, you've got a family of five. That's always a pain, isn't it? Because then you've got to get two spaceships, not just one. That's, that's, that's annoying. Uh, and the car hire and all the rest of it. Um... Now, uh, so it's Nobel, Nobel Prize, not Nobel, Nobel Prize time. Uh, and man, we have been watching this with interest. Well, Mike has anyway. Exciting morning for science because they've looked at Saturn's outer reaches and they've resulted in the discovery of 20 new moons, just like that. It's like revaluing just, Kiwi just Rail. Just the 20. Just the 20. It's like revaluing Kiwi Rail. You're looking at Kiwi Rail one day and go, no, that's, that's a bucket up mess worth nothing. Oh, no, hold on. No, that's worth $2.6 billion more. Look at it. Beautiful. Anyway, they looked at Saturn, 20 moons. 82 known natural satellites now, most moons of any planet in the solar system. Why am I telling you that? Well, I'm telling you that because that's semi-interesting in and of itself. But this morning is also Nobel Prize morning for physics. And cosmologist James Peebles and the Swiss scientist Michael Mayer and Didier Quels, I hope I got his name right, uh, have won the Nobel Prize for physics for revealing the wonder of the evolution of the universe and discovering planets orbiting distant suns. And that's the sort of thing that leads to what I've just told you about. Uh, they've transformed our ideas about the cosmos. And they've used theoretical tools, and that's the slightly unfortunate thing when you read that, being a layperson, theoretical tools and calculations. That's what they did with Kiru Rail. They just said, what do you reckon it's worth? Dollar? Nah, 2.6 billion. Oh, yeah, cool. See, that's a theoretical tool. I'm slightly tool. uncomfortable with you intimating that Kiwi rail, Kiwi rail is somehow some kind of rocket science. No, no, no. I, don't, I don't think that that's the case. Oh, no. If it was rocket science, we were $10 billion. Simple as that. Uh, they were able to interpret trace radiation from the infancy of the universe and so discover new physical processes. And the first discovery of a planet outside our own solar system, this exoplanet, uh, they did that. And there are more than 4,000 now exoplanets that have been found in, in the Milky Way alone. So that's what they've done. So that's a tangible... Outworking. I always like it when the prize goes to people who have done something, one, you can understand, but B, tangible. So in, it, yesterday's medical thing was more sort of, it could lead to a bunch of stuff if a certain series of things happen. This is tangible. They've done something remarkable and we're all better off for it. So well done them. So what else have we got to go? What else do they do? They do Peace Saturday. What else they got? Science, physics, they had economics. Oh, that's your perfect mind scenario. Is that's that what your, it is? They got a bunch. Of well, they got one a day, basically, haven't they? So they got one well, tomorrow. Well, obviously, with economics, uh, it'll be whoever can tack into those global headwinds <laughs> most effectively. <laughs> I reckon next year's. I reckon next year's economics got to go to Robertson, who invented the 
value of Kiwi Rail from nothing to two point six billion. Look at him go! He's sailing directly <laughs> into those headwinds and coming plus, up and coming up with billions and billions of dollars. Has the most worth of lavish surplus. rail system in the world. So, so could we have? Could Jacinda win peace and he could win economics? All that'd, in, that'd, that'd be a clean a dub, sweep. A double for the ages. Yeah, there's probably no country better equipped to deal with global uh, headwinds. Uh, because of our our sailing heritage, I, I would have thought. Anyway, why talk about the Nobel Prizes once when you can do it twice? That's what I always say. Yes, yeah, so we've got uh, physiology and medicine, physics, uh, and so still to come, we've got literature, chemistry, peace, and economics. Economic, I mean, let's be honest, peace and economics are your big ones, basically, aren't they? Although the economic ones really, every year they come out, it's a theory. It's nothing like I found money under the sofa or... I got a whole lot richer than I thought I was or anything like that. It's just like... No, it's, it's more like this uh, failing mode of freight transportation <laughs> that hasn't worked in decades is now worth An billions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's more like. This is what I'm saying. And Robinson's reason, onto a winner. The reason... And you think we're laughing at this. Well, we are. Uh, part of the reason that went into that equation for the 2.6 for Kiwi Rail was climate change. Climate change. They said, oh, we've got to take into account climate change. And when they took into account climate change, suddenly, ching, ching, $2.6 billion. That's how it works. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Geez, applying climate change to how successful rail is going to be. Um, I'm not even sure that trains are a thing, let alone climate change. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, this podcast certainly isn't a thing, uh, but it is the rewrap, and it'll be back here again tomorrow. And by here, I mean not really anywhere. See you then. <laughs>